Welcome. This is the first episode of a new podcast series. I'm starting the trough. I'm your host, Michael Gullo, and this is going to be all about Christianity. Um, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are commissioned with spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that is my goal in creating this podcast. In this show, I plan to cover a multitude of topics that cover the Christian faith in a compassionate way to help believers grow in faith and non-believers find Jesus. His sacrifice was too big to not spread his love and show God's never-ending grace and mercy. Um, the name the trough in itself is, is very unique. Uh, the process of, of thinking about it came from, like, originally I was going to do, like, oh, I'm going to start a Bible study group, which I still have plans to possibly touch on. But um, it came into, into it was like, you know what? In the meantime, until I'm ready to do something like that, let's start a podcast, let's start a YouTube channel, let's start something different. Let's go through TikTok and whatnot, which I'm going to drop my socials at the end or in the description also. Um, so I didn't know where I was going with anything. and I just sat down and I'm like, all right, that's it. The name is going to be Finding Jesus. You know, as great as that is, and that's the mission of the whole podcast, I was like, man, that's just, it's not unique. There's nothing, nothing like wow, like that's going to grab attention. Like, you know how many people have a Finding Jesus Christ podcast out there already? Um, not that it's anything wrong with it, you know, but I was like, I need something more unique. So I went in, and uh, I had Ezekiel 47 on the mind where they're talking about the temple waters going deeper and deeper and um, every thousand cubits. And I was going to do some with running waters from the temple, kind of. And I was like, oh, that's too much. Let's do some shorter, some like running water. And I looked it up and on Spotify, and there's already names for it. So then I go further, and I'm like, well, what about living water? And as I'm searching, I'm like, there's no way this is not a thing. And just, it was just amazing how many living water there was. So I decided on using a quote that sits on an index card over here from John twenty one fifteen through 17. And just give me a second. I want to actually read the entire quote here. It reads, it's when Jesus after the resurrection is with uh, the disciples and he's talking to Peter. And he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. So he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. So then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And it goes on and on and about following him and um, that was just something that really stuck to me. That's something that I've prayed on, and I, it's just been interesting. I've meditated on this verse about wanting to, wanting to be something, someone that is able to help feed to the sheep, feed the sheep, tend to the sheep of, of the flock. So I was like, okay, well, sheep. I'm like, I can't just be like feed the sheep podcast. I mean, that kind of sounds corny. So I was, I'm sad. I'm like, what do sheep eat out of? What do they drink out of? Whatever. And I sat and I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to be feeding, if I'm here to help feed the sheep, you know what? I'm going to name it the trough because that's what sheep's go to. And that, that's how I got the name. I know it's nothing crazy, but 
that's that's how we are now with the podcast, The Trough. So as for me myself, um, I've been a Christian my entire life. Um, I started out very young. I was in church Sunday school every Sunday. I was a Roman Catholic growing up. Uh, my mom was a church school teacher on Sundays. You know, you went through all the chicken barbecues and the, the different events and fundraisers. I mean, living in a small rural town like I do, we had square dances, all kinds of stuff you had to set up for, and all the different feasts and like St. Joseph's Day and all that kind of stuff. So I was always very, very uh, involved. You know, I was one of those, the kids, you know, one of the boys trying to carry as many chairs as I possibly could. So that that is the kind of story I, I do own. Um, to get into, like, my testimony, you know, further, I always knew Jesus. I knew who he was, what he did. You know, throughout early years of high school, I loved Jesus like crazy. Like, I was still, I was very into him. I was very, like, I remember the HBO series, The Bible, came out, and I was super invested into watching that all the time. And um, I used to go to church every weekend. I was an altar server. I mean, was I sitting on the side not realizing like the the how bad it was? Yeah, of course. I mean, I didn't. I as much as I knew about the word, I didn't know the word, and I didn't know Jesus as much as I like to admit I thought I did. Um, I was very very involved. Like I said, when it came to altar serving. Um, I loved it, but it was also like a chore to me because I had to miss out on all kinds of cool stuff. And especially as I got older, like my friends and I, we would play like Dungeons and Dragons on the weekend and I had to always leave to go and serve mass or one of the, there was always something going on that I had to miss out my friends and all the fun stuff they were doing. Um, I received all my sacraments through that and I was confirmed in the faith. But after being confirmed, I stepped away. Like, I, I completely fell off the face of the earth when it came to um, church and whatnot at 17 years old. And I began experimenting with alcohol and getting drunk all the time and partying life with drugs and the sex and all that kind of stuff. I, I really did not display a Christian look at all. And I developed some bad friendships and relationships that made my drug and alcohol abuse skyrocket. Um, I became hypersexual. And it was it just it got un- uncontrollable. Um, there was even a point, I remember, that there was a J. Cole song. I can't think of it, what it's called, that I was like, the day I let someone else become the boss of me, I'll be damned. And it's like, I'm sitting here now and I'm like... Well, it's not really someone to boss me. It's it's God. It, I'm I'm walking in His. I'm walking in the light of Jesus, and He is controlling my life. And I never. I was I was my own God for so long. Nobody could control me, tie me down, nothing. I used to just drink and smoke out the roof until you know, I I couldn't feel anything. I was numb. I was constantly on a search for dopamine. My anxiety and depression. It made me feel helpless and. All those things, they were my escapes. And then 2020 came and the pandemic and it had me smoking so much weed I could barely afford other things. I was just like, you know what? I don't care about anything else. I don't care about getting new clothes. I don't care about, you know, fixing up my, my tire on my car that needed it. And I was like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go buy more, buy more drugs. And 
it was getting bad to the point that I was like, all right, I, I probably should start sell, selling it, you know, I make some extra money if I'm smoking this much, might as well. And I just kept going down and down and down and just did not, it just, it, it was a terrible spiral. Um, I didn't have the great, you know, the greatest influence either with things. I was always, I was always the kid that, you know, everyone loved. The world loved me. Um, I was the life of the party. And there was, it was just, if you wanted to have fun, you had me around. Like, that's just, it was weird like that. I was weird. Um, but it got to a point where I began to see this. And I was like, man, the, the, everyone loves me intoxicated. They love me for what I have to offer, but not for who I was. And I would make a fool of myself for others' entertainment. And they had their fun. And I had my fun, but... When it came down to it, I had to go home and be alone, and it, it, I had to deal with that pain then of being alone, and I, had to, I began to do more and more to make the pain disappear. Um, it just it, it got it got ugly, really ugly, and I I can vividly remember one night I went and saw it was uh, a Quiet Riot concert in Buffalo, and I remember. I was like, ah, I gotta drive, so I'm not gonna get that bad. I'll I'll be okay. Just a couple of drinks. We're gonna have fun, you know. I was known for going out drinking, and I would I'd be okay to drive home, whatever. But this night, I remember we left Quiet Riot. We were over on one side of the area, and we had to drive like 15 minutes in this direction, and then 15 minutes in that direction. So next thing you know, I'm driving around for 40 minutes. I already had a good buzz going, and. Then I'd go downtown, and we were at a club, and we were hanging out with some friends, and drinking and drinking, and before you knew it, I couldn't even walk out of the club. And I remember my buddy had to drive my car back, and I remember waking up in my old college's uh, parking lot, and waking up in the back seat, just being like, what in the world did I do last night? I felt so gross. I was like, this is the life I want? Like, this is really... This is really it. This is who I am now. And I that was when I really started to started to question things a lot more and I I mean this was at a time now less this is summer of twenty twenty one and um I I it became really bad and I started searching for a meaning and a purpose and TikTok TikTok actually gave it to me. It's weird. To expand on that, I used to be really, really deep in politics, you know, and the whole shebangs of what was going on, and I loved conspiracy theories, and I loved this, and I loved history, and it, I just loved to piece things together. I had to know the whole story about everything. It's so weird. But um, I remember all these politics stuff and just seeing different things about, like, oh, man, you know, Jesus this and Jesus that and they're like this is playing they're using I remember at one point I saw this thing where it's like the Bible is their handbook it's their guidebook and I'm like what I'm like I gotta read this I'm like no way like this doesn't make sense if it's their handbook then this would be the end like what I didn't understand it and I sat down and I read it and I was like okay so this is interesting and I was reading through Revelation and I was reading through Isaiah um, I was reading through Daniel. I was reading through prophetic books, prophetic apocalyptic literature books to an extent. And 
then I was like, holy cow, I'm like, this is interesting, like, that's crazy, and then I, I sat down, and I'm like, Jesus, I'm like, holy moly, I need you, and I remember it was in August, I, I can still remember the dates, I wrote them down, and August 10th of 2021, I remember asking for a Bible for my sister, and it's very hesitant in our family, because there's just been bad history of religion talks, but whatever, and she gave it to me, and I didn't even have it for a week. I had it only for a couple of days. And August 11th came. I went and got it. Um, I remember it being a Wednesday evening, and there was big controversy over me having it. Um, I ended up only having it three days. And I, I remember reading it, and at night I'd, I'd sit there and I'd toss and I'd turn and I'd be sicker than a dog one night and I had to call out because it was like I was being attacked, like physically attacked, more than just a spiritual attack from the enemy. And it was like I had to call out to Jesus before sleep. And this is before I really understood praying and all that to the, to the way I do now. And I remember just it was the worst sleep paralysis I've ever experienced. Like it genuinely felt like he was in my, the devil, Satan was in my room those nights doing everything he could to not lose a grip of me because of how influential I was on all the people around me to do bad things and not to do good, righteous things that were kingdom-like. And um, it was just, it was gross. Like I just remember yelling and it, was, it literally, like, if I could explain that, I know it, it, it felt more or less like I was exercising many demons out of me. At night. And then it was August 14th. And uh, I, I was just starting to have such guilt and conviction. But at the same time, I was having peace because I was realizing that I could call on him. And for years, my mom, I would tell her about like sleep paralysis and attacks. And she'd be like, well, pray. And I'm like, it doesn't work. I've tried it. It doesn't work. And now I'm realizing, oh, my gosh, it does work. Holy cow, he's been with me this entire time. Like all this stuff, he's been there. He just, I just wasn't doing it properly you know I was a kid that I wasn't scared of anything I played with the Ouija boards I, I did all kinds of weird ghost things I was messing with the spirit realm for no reason at all and um, finally I remember I was reading that night and I got down on my knees and I prayed and I called out to him I was so guilty and convicted and sorrowful and shameful of who I was and I I begged and I begged and I'm like Jesus please forgive me please don't forget me accept me back I needed you I want you I need your love I was I mean I was so broken by reading like through Corinthians and whatnot about when it said that these people like the dogs and different stuff like that and I'm like oh my goodness gracious that's me like I just felt so guilty about everything and I was like holy cow yeah I need you Jesus <laughs> and then ever since that night I remember I I've I've been so broken from like the whole dating scene. Not that I had dating or anything like that going on in my life, but like just from that and the drugs and alcohol and all the kinds of different stuff and soul ties and all this that we'll get into and things. And I remember just sitting there bawling my eyes on just. Suddenly it was like my tears were wiped away and I felt a nice hug and I was at ease and I just, all I could do was say amen and just sit back and realize that he was there. He was with me that night and I, I felt the comfort that he provides, that he promises.
So now I can say he met me where I was that night. He heard my cries. He knew my pain, my shame, my guilt. And by his blood, I was washed clean and made new again. And, you know, I've ran into backsliding and prodigal moments. But, you know, and once you once you taste it, and Paul's, Paul writes about it, I believe that. Well, or no, it's in Hebrews. That once you taste taste the heaven, you, you can't. You can't leave it. Like you, you can't. It's there's nothing better. There's nothing more satisfying than Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus. Um. The world it makes you forget who you are. It it does not call you. It does not call your name by, who you are. It calls you by your sin, and it, you gotta realize God, Jesus calls us by, by who we are. You know He tells us, in John. My, in John twenty seven or ten twenty seven, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And he gives you a sense of peace and you know love and he, he he's the creator of the universe, universe like and he knows us by name and I want to just put in a quote from James four fourteen. What is your life? To you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And even though our lives are so short and gone in the wind, our God still loves us, each and every single one of us. And he calls us all by name. Um, now, now I, I use the term, heaven is my home and I'm just here recruiting. And I live by that now. And I do my best to walk by faith and not by sight. And you know, we're all sinners still, and you know, we all we all still sin. But they, once you put your faith and your trust in Jesus, your sin won't won't hold you back. You're accepted into the kingdom, and he's gonna he's gonna change you. He's gonna take your heart. He's gonna he's gonna fix it. He's gonna patch you up. And he's gonna make you new again. He's gonna be a new your new creation in Christ. And from this day on, I can say Jesus rescued me. He gave me freedom from death and the evil one. And now every day I walk through the narrow gate because the the other, the, the wide gate, there's too many on that path. And I, it's it's better to work for the kingdom than it is for the dark forces of this world. Um, Jesus paid too heavy of a price for me to not be taken on the great commission head on. And that's what I strive to do for uh, do for him now. And that that's my testimony, you know, summed up um, for the most part and where the trough comes from and moving forward I, I plan to plan to use the feed my sheep line as a big a big standpoint for this podcast and um this was my testimony. It's ugly. But that's who I was. It doesn't hold me down anymore and it doesn't have to hold you down anymore and I I just want to take a moment to pray real quick um, as I, I plan to do at the end of each episode. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just pray with me real quick. Father, or Jesus, I accept you. Father God, we, we you thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he came and he died on the cross. And after three days, he rose again for the forgiveness of my sins. And I believe he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I pray for this. I pray that you come to me and you'd send the Holy Spirit on me and you forgive me for my sins. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Catch me on the next episode for the search for meaning.